see it happening on a regular basis when they see maybe the parents have rolled their mat in the morning and they're doing it it inculcates a sort of routine and discipline in their lives you know there must be something good that mom and dad are doing this on a regular basis mm-hmm. and also perseverance understanding that look if my best friend can do a warrior pose so well and lift his leg higher i'm sure i can too and i will persevere to do that so there is all these wonderful um you know emotions and qualities that come in once they start doing it and and most importantly for children it has to be fun hi welcome to partners in upbringing i'm kalyani i'm himani and we are parents just like you always on a lookout so come join us in our endeavor as we connect with parenting experts and fellow inspiring parents to know the best practices for raising happy and confident children visit partnersinupbringing.com for podcasts videos blogs and to connect with experts follow us on facebook and instagram at partners in upbringing you can listen to us on your favorite podcasting app partners in upbringing your trusted partner in your parenting journey we are going to talk about why kids need to do yoga as much as we need to do it what are its hidden benefits and how it shapes their mind body and personality and to talk about all of this in detail today we are joined by a very interesting guest from singapore but before we introduce our guest and start the conversation let's look at some interesting facts ritvika v from kerala holds a record of performing the maximum number of yoga poses according to the asia book of records she has performed 50 yoga poses in 5 minutes 45 seconds and 65 milliseconds and that at the age of 4 years 9 months and 8 days oh my god <laughs> i'm just thinking do i even know 50 yoga poses i don't <laughs> I know even 10 i doubt <laughs> now beat this rayan surani who is just 9 years old is the youngest certified yoga instructor in the world kalyani can you imagine you being taught yoga by a 9 year old actually i would love to go and see him do that <laughs> it would be amazing <laughs> Harsha Nivetha at the age of 10 stood in Uttita Padmasana which is basically folding your legs in a padmasan the lotus pose and lifting your body with both the hands by your side and she balanced in this tough pose for 174 seconds to enter the Guinness book of world records strong wow. little mind <laughs> absolutely strong mind strong body <laughs> yeah now that we are in off all these record holding yoga kids Let's start with today's conversation. Today we are joined by Kavita Chandran, a yoga teacher and an international journalist based in Singapore. When she's not at her desk writing corporate stories or wellness features, she can be found stretching or meditating on a mat. Kavita is a certified yoga teacher who did her teacher training at India Yoga in Mysore under the tutelage of Bharat Shetty, India's most experienced and respected yoga teachers who has kept the traditional yoga alive she is also learning yoga therapy from svyas yoga in singapore kavita is also the author of the book the head that won't stand she was the editor and publisher of yoga journal singapore edition for 3 years and now runs a yoga platform called yoga hood kavita was a financial journalist with reuters bloomberg and cnbc 
and worked across North America, Europe and Asia. She is the founder of Sankhya Wellness Private Limited, the parent company of Yogahood. Hi Kavita, welcome to Partners in Upbringing. Hi both of you. Good to have good to be here. Thank you for being with us today. It's a pleasure and thank you for the kind introduction as well. Kavita, you are a yoga expert and we are right now on a parenting platform. Can you share with us how does yoga contribute to one's parenting journey? Well, firstly, thank you, but I am no expert. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I I love yoga and um, it's a very good question uh, because a lot of times people just ask me about children, but they don't ask me about parents. And um, being a parent myself, and the two of you are parents, we know that when we have children, we are new to the whole parenthood as well. So there's a lot that we learn with the kids as well, and some things people just expect us to know. Uh, and we pretend we can do it, but a lot of it is a journey, as you said, for us as well. And I think as days and years go by and the children evolve and become older, we also evolve as parents. Uh, so what you are to a toddler is very different from what you are to uh, a preteen to what you are then to a teenager, which is a completely different ball game. And then, of course, when they go to college and beyond. So you are also constantly evolving. Um, and I feel what yoga does is, and I'm a firm believer that uh, it is not just the physical aspect. It is what it gives to you uh, from a mental standpoint, from mental well-being. And as parents who are juggling so much, the responses that we give to our children and the way we do it, really helps when you have a calm mind. And as parents, I always say this, that there is a big difference between how you react versus how you respond to things. And it's very, very important as parents for us to respond and not react. Because there are certain issues, you know, whether a child has gotten hurt in a playground and he's or she is little versus whether she's a teenager and has issues at school and comes. It's the way we respond to issues that they bring forth. And I always feel that because I meditate, because um, I do a lot of breathing into my poses, sometimes I just have the ability to just sit back and listen, absorb, mm -hmm. and then give an answer which is sort of calculated to see that this would be good in the growth of this child mentally. So I think as parents, it's important to know that it's not just about losing weight and to do yoga, um, but it's also about your journey as a parent and how your calm mind can help you through the different stages uh, that the children go through. Absolutely. And very well said, Kavita. It just reminded me that uh, we read somewhere, it's not about being good at something. It's about also being good to yourself. Because that in turn affects the way we are a parent to our kids. Absolutely. And it's so important to give yourself that importance in front of a child. You know, uh, I know of yes. mothers who will drop everything because the child wanted them. So as a result, when the child grows and expects the mother to be there at their beck and call, 
the mother starts getting angry. But you know, you did this for yourself. From the get-go, you made the child believe that you're going to drop everything and be there, which is not a bad thing. But but are you losing yourself in that journey? You know, it's perfectly fine to say, give me 10 minutes. I'm working on this. And you know, this is important for mommy. I'm going to come back to you. They start respecting your space. And you know, it's it's a part of yoga, niyam. Um, yama, these are all part of yoga where discipline is so important that if you show that you have the discipline, then the children respect that discipline because it runs in the family. So it's all part of a very yogic lifestyle that you can incorporate from the time they're born. You know, respecting each other's space and discipline is very important. Absolutely. And I think it also somewhere takes them towards being independent as individuals. And if you are, you know, not going to drop everything and go to them or give a solution. They will get that time, those 10 minutes, 15 minutes to ponder upon what has happened and maybe, you know, become independent in the thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Problem solving skills improve, right? Because you're left on your own to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kavita, you mentioned about how yoga is benefiting the parent. But how does it contribute towards building better emotional health for the children? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. It's a very loaded question also. goes back to what I started by saying that it's not just the physical aspect. And I have done, as you mentioned uh, when you gave my kind introduction, very traditional uh, approach to yoga, which is why I actually you know, pretty much left everything and took off for a month. Um, and I needed it and I went uh, to Mysore because I wanted to learn it from where the roots of yoga that come from India and why did we start it you know so there the classes included yoga philosophy and everything so you really understand that the very birth of yoga had nothing to do with oh let's exercise and burn calories it was all about you know achieving a state of mind which is very balanced and you get there by involving your physical self and your breath and your mind and everything so coming to children uh, it's very hard when they're three or four for you to give this knowledge or gyan, as we say in India, um, because they can't get you. But how do you slowly incorporate a few things? Just how you would do, you know, when you teach them how to eat and everything, you you make a play out of it, right? You could say this this food is for this uncle, that uncle, this, you know, we've all done that somehow to get that food into their bellies. So, you know, just make it fun for a little mind. So in the in the bargain, what you're achieving is giving them the spinach that they want, the lentils that they want, the proteins that they want. So similarly, when you do yoga, you make it fun for a, for a child. So I've done some classes where I've actually had, uh, so I've done boys sessions separate and girls separate because when you bring them together, sometimes it can lead to a lot of chaos, especially if they're in their preteens and everything. So it's better to sort of separate them. So um, at that age. So when I've done uh, the sessions for boys, there have been younger ones, like the four and all the way to 14. And you can see that for the younger ones, this is a game. This is a, a time to just have fun, poke fun. But the moment you make it a little competitive, suddenly everybody gets involved. You know, how long can you stand in a tree pose? Um, 
And you can only do that longer than the others if you are focused on a point. So, you know, your, your gaze is on a certain point and then your, your breath is regulated. And, and even those few seconds or few minutes that they spent in being still can achieve a lot in the next few days, you know. So, um, so making kids do yoga in a playful manner and has benefits, has long-term benefits. And some of the benefits that I do want to mention, if I may, is uh, uh, it leads to focus, like I said. So, you know, just, just doing constantly uh, some fun poses. Balance is a very important thing for children, right? Um, and when you balance yourself physically and align yourself physically, it will give you an opportunity to sort of mentally be a little more still and then your thought processes are better. Uh, fun, of course, is the most important thing and the children enjoy. Uh, you know, it's different, right? Nobody's forcing you and timing you to run from this point to this point and it's not track and athletics. Um, discipline, like I said, when they see it happening on a regular basis, when they see maybe the parents have rolled their mat in the morning and they're doing it, it inculcates a sort of routine and discipline in their lives you know there must be something good that mom and dad are doing this on a regular basis mm -hmm. and also perseverance understanding that look if my best friend can do a warrior pose so well and lift his leg higher i'm sure i can too and i will persevere to do that so there is all these wonderful um you know, emotions and qualities that come in once they start doing it. And and most importantly, for children, it has to be fun. So there are so many yoga poses, you know, that are fun. And uh, you sort of introduce those to them. So I hope I've answered that question of, uh, of yours, you know, just, just inculcating a habit of discipline, perseverance, balance, focus goes a long way. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh, a lot of kids today are facing the problem of attention deficit, very low attention span. And uh, what, like you said, discipline, focusing, balance, all these things should contribute to getting them to focus on something yeah. for a longer duration. Uh, it's a it's a struggle that every parent has today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, you mentioned oh, when you were talking about a four-year-old who does who did all those poses and I was thinking that all of what I just said has been incorporated in that four-year-old because otherwise how do you go from one to another you have to be so focused and disciplined in making sure that you have that timeline to do all this and to be stable and balanced and you can only do that when your mind is totally in that moment you know so uh, hats off to that little kid yeah. Mm -hmm. Kavita, you mentioned that we need to make yoga fun. Can you share a few yoga poses which will help us do that? Uh, so as you know, a lot of the yoga poses have animal names, you know, and uh, they are so because it's it's just easy to remember, the, you know, and it there are qualities in those stretches that help animals and therefore help our spine as well and everything. Children love when you tell them about 
poses which has names of animals because then they can relate to it you know that's how children are they relate more <laughs> to the four legged animals um i have to say that my most favorite pose for any child is the tree pose i know it's not an animal name but it's because it's you cannot stand a tree pose is you know when you're sort of grounded on one leg and you pick up the other foot and place it higher than your knee and sort of press it against the opposite uh, thigh and then you raise your branches up um you know and stay there the only way you can stay there strong as a tree is if you are looking at a point and not your thoughts don't come in so going back to the whole thing about balance and focus really really increases for children but uh, just going back to your question about having fun um butterfly butterfly pose even a one or two year old you know would understand what a butterfly is and you you sit together it's also called padakonasana in in sanskrit but uh, the good thing is that with the english names you know children uh, understand it better you know as they grow older they can change it but you know you press your feet into each other and drop your knees flap the wings uh, as we say um really helps in um you know uh, the the strengthening of the legs the movement of the legs um, and it's called um, Uh, the badakonasana but uh, then they have the downward facing dog which we uh, which we all know and uh, the curious thing about that is if they have pups and dogs at home i know of a, a little kid who came for my yoga class and he figure whenever he sees his dog who wants to play and dogs do that you know they stretch their front leg and jut their butt out at the back and they want to play with you and dogs do that beautifully that's why it's called the downward facing dog they start recognizing that you know so they'll see a dog and they'll say oh look what a nice downward facing dog he can do you know so um and then of course there's fish pose and there's pigeon pose so when you give them names of uh, animals you know eagle pose is another one garudasana which is you know again you have to balance on one leg and you have to make your hands like mm-hmm. an eagle so there are lots of fun things that you can involve with children but just getting those poses that check what they need to do in terms of mindfulness and having some fun with it kavita uh, to some extent uh, yoga has its connection with spirituality as well we all know that our mind keeps oscillating between the future and the past and it's really difficult to you know be in the moment be in the present moment and that's exactly what has been taught can you help us understand how yoga helps us to be in the moment what a great question in the moment is yoga uh, you know patanjali is considered the father of yes. yoga he wrote uh, yoga sutra and his first line is and now yoga and there's the sanskrit verse is yoga chitta vritti nirodhaya basically just means yoga stills the mind that in 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 a simple manner that's what it is so when your mind does not have much to do in terms of thoughts it is still and it'll only do what needs to be done at that moment so it's a very very profound sort of verse that explains that this the fluctuations of the mind come to a still when you do yoga and that's why i keep saying it's not just the poses you know a lot of people are so good in acrobatics and and i'll say this living in singapore uh, i have gone to many yoga studios and and you i was editor of a yoga 
magazine as well. And because of that, I would end up in studios to review or to check and all. And having done the traditional yoga in India, one of the things that I feel lacks and which a lot of yoga teachers need to inculcate is that it's not a competition. It's okay if you can't do the handstand. Maybe your body is not ready. Maybe the way you are structured, you might have weaker wrists than somebody else. You know, accepting that is really important. But I've gone to yoga studios where yoga is over. So the, the one way you know yoga class is over is you have to end with your Shavasana, which is also everybody's favorite pose where you just pretend to be dead, um, which by the way, I can come to it later, is also the hardest because to your point, it is about the mind, right? And you have to bring awareness to your body. Uh, people just think it's about sleeping. It's not that. It's about paying attention to every bit of your body and, uh, and being aware of it. But in yoga studios, in, in Singapore and even a, a lot that I've heard in Asia, some of the kids know acrobatics and they grow up in a manner that they can do any pose really quickly and fast, but they still don't feel the need to do yoga because it hasn't reached their mind. And therefore, the spiritual level has not increased, right? So they're going, they're doing a scorpion pose, a headstand, a handstand, and beating the others to it in a yoga studio, walking out, but still there's a monkey mind. And that's what we call the mind fluctuating, right? The monkey jumps from one tree to another, one thought to another. and uh, But they're not still in their mind. People, there are so many people I've seen go back again and again to a yoga class. They're not 100% there with their poses, but they had the serene look when they come out because they did exactly what they should have done with every pose. They breathed into the pose. They felt that stillness. And when they walked out, they were like, whoa, this is like something interesting that's happening with me, you know, where I'm so still. So that is, I would say, just one step higher to reaching that point of bliss and peace and yogis that you mentioned can reach uh, beyond that, right? So that spiritual bliss that you say. And then a lot of people say, you know, once you meditate a lot and read that spiritual bliss, it's the equivalent of having a few glasses of wine, that high that you get, uh, you know, and then you don't want to let go of it. So every morning you're sitting and doing some meditation because it's giving you that spiritual high. Um, so, yeah, so there is a definite, definite connection with the mind and spirituality and you and it's it's a person's journey you'll only experience it yourself when you reach there you know now somebody can't just say oh do these poses and watch how spiritual you'll become that's not how it is everybody has to get there on their own so that's the connection uh, with spirituality so when we get kids involved in yoga uh, at an early age yeah. we are also you know helping them being spiritual individuals as they grow up yeah with a more calm focused conscious persona exactly exactly and with all that comes so many good things doesn't it himani it comes with compassion comes with it joy comes with it love comes with it giving back comes with it you know because your mind is still you understand the nuances around you and you are actually raising a child to be very very aware of his or her surrounding what needs to be done because he can think clearly 
yes i think yeah. i i'll also go back to uh, what you said that you know responding and reacting i think yoga just teaches you to respond in totality not only as a parent but as an individual to any situation that in such a fast paced life that we barely give that time to think about something and respond so i think yoga brings you to that steadiness you know like you said respond yeah. and not react yeah and absolutely i mean it seems such a simple thing but it is very profound right are you responding are you taking a few seconds to think through this before you're like and we all do that right because there's so many things thrown at us through the day we just want to react get angry i would like to share one more story one of my friend in singapore conducts yoga classes for dads and sons together and uh, she was sharing her experiences of how wonderful bonding activity it becomes and at the same time she mentioned that 13 14 15 and 16 year old boys were very stiff and were not able to do the yoga poses as well as their dads were doing it since our kids are growing in a very different lifestyle even at the age of early teens they are not very flexible yeah i think that is another point wherein yoga needs to be introduced at a very young age and uh, the whole idea of the dad and the son doing yoga together in a class itself was so wonderful that i thought i must share it yeah no and uh, if i may just continue on that few things uh, when you were saying one is the bonding uh, you know do yoga with a friend go to a class uh, with a friend mm. there is always that whole thing that you know you finish your class you come back you're talking about how you're feeling and you know all, so the bonding factor is really really good you know in fact when i seriously got into yoga before i went to mysore um, my work had transferred me to bangalore and there was a lot of work you know i'm, I'm I've been a journalist by profession and um and I had a lot of you know I had just given birth to my second kid and there was just a lot coming at me I'd lost my mom around the same time um so when uh, it was a it was a medical doctor who said uh, have you ever tried yoga because I seemed and I was a little type A you know I just wanted to be good at everything I do you know perfect wife perfect mother perfect employee blah 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 so um and it was taking its toll i was getting some migraines i was you know basically i was running against time all the time you know i'm always pushing myself and i slowed down as a person because of yoga and there's nothing wrong in slowing down when you slow down you realize that oh this is this is so much better because i can enjoy every moment so my two buddies were actually two men that i used to wake up at 5 in the morning and one was a cancer survivor and uh, he, once again you know he he calls himself a cancer thriver still going strong as a cancer coach and uh, he does yoga and meditation most of the mornings and he just joined hands with two of us it wasn't like a mm-hmm. oh he's a yoga teacher who's going to teach us he's doing his and we are just following it but the bonding was so good because i didn't want them to wait for me so i would make sure that i am up and three of us would do it together and just going back to the whole boys men and yoga if you remember yoga was started by men and now it is women have started realizing the benefits and now all the yoga classes are full of women 
and it's actually changed around and men don't want to go to the yoga classes because they feel these women are doing all sorts of poses and i feel that i can't do it you know so uh, so that's one thing that i wanted to mention about bonding the other thing i wanted to mention when you said about flexibility so some people say oh i don't do yoga because i can barely <laughs> touch my toes and i say well that's exactly why you should do yoga right because people you know it's like going it's like going to a tennis teacher and saying my son wants to learn tennis <laughs> but he doesn't know how to do tennis i'm not sure whether he should learn it what well, that's why you're putting him in the class because he needs to learn it right and he needs to get better so um if you can't touch your toes guess what go to a yoga class gradually you will learn to touch your toes you know so that flexibility comes very slowly but with young children especially teenagers and i have one there is a growth spurt that happens which all parents should be aware of and that's when they are likely to injure themselves so you know if for instance my daughter when she was 13 14 she used to dance a lot and then every time she would do something there were aches and pains on her ankles the knees and everything mm. and then i took her to uh, to a doctor and that's what he said he said give it a break because she's these are growing pains the growth spurt is happening and she's trying to do what she could do when she was 4 and 5 but right now the body is growing so there are more aches and pains and lack of flexibility that also happens when you're a preteen so it's really good for parents to understand that and not to push the child to say what when you were 5 you could do so much what happened now you're 15 and you can barely do it but that kid has physically grown and there is an inability to do things at, at, that they could when they were tiny so that's important for parents to recognize yeah. growth spurts and we didn't know about this uh, we would you know think about it like that, you're very important and you there. can't touch yeah. your toes what is this so <laughs> yeah yeah like now yeah. we get why yeah. why is it like that? exactly yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh kavita there are a lot of versions of yoga uh, which have come up you know like hot yoga power yoga what is it exactly that you know we should uh, enroll our kids for if it's a family bonding thing what should be what should, what is the right choice okay so um the basic yoga so there are only about 84 poses in yoga okay and then we will have variations and everything and they create more number of poses which is fine but they're basic 84 um and it's yoga is actually hatha yoga and hatha basically means um we all have two sides to ourselves there is always an opposite and equal reaction as we know so there's ha meaning the the sun tha is the moon male side and the female side the energies that are so there's always a constant opposite stuff happening you know if you don't have pain you don't realize the value of joy so the yin and yang is all all sort of comprised of that and it all comes back to what yoga a part of yoga believes in so just starting off there so that's the basic yoga now people have grown from there and made it different right or to to suit also commercially viable right now yeah to do yeah let's do hot yoga um i don't do your hot yoga i have done it in the past a few times because it makes you feel great mm-hmm. it makes you feel so supple with your body because you are sweating in a high temperature mm-hmm. 
and you are definitely going to be more flexible right because you you are more supple you're more flexible you can do things that you would not do earlier but then at least for me the pain that followed really went on longer than when i was trying to do a new pose with a yoga uh, with a normal hatha yoga class for example yeah so what works for you is something that listen to your body your body is always talking to you mm. it doesn't have a voice but it communicates in various ways and you should have the ability to understand a good pain what i call a sweet pain in my classes so when your when your muscles get stretched there's a sweet pain mm. that you should be grateful for your body that you've actually given it that sweet pain then there is the bad pain which you know comes with hurt so when there's an injury or a hurt you should have the ability to recognize between these two pain and if you're doing hot yoga and that pain is not subsiding and it's turned into an injury or a hurt your body is speaking to you don't do it then and that happened with me so i went to a few classes and i'm like oh i didn't know i could bend so much mm-hmm. or do uh, you know uh, you know do a do a back bend so much or something but that's also because i was doing it in a hot environment and then i was in pain for a long time so i i personally do not do hot uh, hot yoga um the very fact that you're associating power with yoga for me is an oxymoron you can't it's not a power thing when you do yoga it is about calming down so calm and power somehow don't go well together but then people have in fact gone beyond all this i mean it bothers me when people do i don't know if you've heard of it there's beer yoga there's whiskey yoga there's goat yoga there's dog yoga and uh, i'm very anti all of that because yeah. for me and you can you connected yoga to spirituality and for me it's deeper than just physical aspects so if i'm putting that mat out it is me connecting spiritually with my inner self i'm not going to bring alcohol into it uh or you know hey if when you're doing tennis if you didn't think of drinking beer with it and that's so sacrosanct to you because you love that game Yeah. Why did you think it's okay to bring a glass of whiskey or beer to your yoga mat? So I've got these all these and it's me maybe but I have these sort of hang-ups around what is traditional yoga what is not. So I think I've sort of spoken more than I should for that answer but um, yeah it is what works for you. But hatha is the basic form of yoga. Right. Okay. So that's what we should uh, uh, enroll ourselves for or choose. Yeah, if it's a- No but you know what i'm saying is all the other yogas will also use the same yoga poses so it's not like if you go for a power yoga you're doing some new pose that you that hatha won't teach you okay and there's a word called vinyasa yes. so people say oh i teach vinyasa yoga vinyasa just means flow it means flowing from one yoga pose to the other yoga pose right so for example when i teach i say i do hatha with vinyasa which means i'm making you flow from one pose to the other right. as opposed to just doing yoga where i'll say okay let's do the cat pose we do it mm. and how did you feel what was it what aches and pains now let's do the warrior pose that's hatha when you do one at a time mm. vinyasa is when you flow with it so it's very important for everybody who goes to a yoga class to have done that research to find out what is it that i'm going for and do i really like this or not and if i like it let me read a little bit more about it so that's that's important but basically all the yoga poses are the same it's just how they sort of 
include it in classes and what they call it right right i think uh, it's been more glamorized now for it to appeal to people and get interested but in that bargain we are losing the the essence of yeah the essence uh, of that is attached yoga. to yoga the whole act so let's stick yeah. to the original <laughs> No no I and I I'm I thank you for saying that right now because um I want to make a point about religion and yoga there is no religion when it comes to yoga and I think it's very important for people to understand that that it's really your mind and your spiritual bliss and it doesn't matter which religion you come from and for it to be glamorized so what I just feel that if the millennials and the you know the young girls and boys who are so into tiktok and insta and ev snapchats and everything if the way to get them into yoga is for them to wear these really cool clothes and come and experiment yoga look at the benefit that might happen with a few classes this is the same generation that has too much happening in their lives <laughs> i mean i'm glad i was not born this generation because i don't think i could have handled it it's very hard mm. being this generation um teenagers have two lives that they live one is the normal life the other is in cyberspace who are they trying to make themselves look like right there's a lot of pressure on them and i think it's really important coming back to parenting for a parent to realize that mm-hmm. your child is not living the life that you did so stop saying when i was at your age i would do this when i was this i would do this because you never lived the life you had no internet maybe when you were growing up you know no so don't compare your children with yourself no exposure and our kids are you know it's a flat exposure whatever a child in the us uk or singapore or india is experiencing is the same thing it wasn't so for us right so you know if yoga is the same for everybody so if if they can all sort of you know it is sacred but if if you can bring them to the mat and to just experience that stillness that's going to make them feel better uh, on how they deal with social anxiety with social media issues with all the bullying that's happening um you know you've achieved your part so it is really something that can that can pull through every generation from your grandfathers to your fathers who still you know in india you go and you see early morning they're all in the you know in parks doing yoga hasya yoga this that it's sweet to see that because it takes long for you to understand the benefits and they are so spiritually inclined at that age that they understand it but my fear is that the young generation should not think this is what grandparents do in parks yes it's not so if it means that they should dress up really funky and go to a yoga class and experience hot yoga or you know sit few seconds in a blissful state mm-hmm. it's going to help them let them do it it's fine absolutely and thank you for bringing in this new perspective and connecting yoga with parenting so so very well it can be a lifelong companion and some you know kind of a training that you can give to your children to lead healthy lives mentally as well as physically healthy lives so uh, thank you thank you very much kavita for yeah. such beautiful lessons and helping us understand yoga in a better way thank you so much kavita i think it's 
pleasure. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Thank you. I enjoyed myself. With this, we come to an end of this episode. We hope you got some real insights about yoga and why should it be a part of your child's life. So enroll your kid along with yourself for a yoga class and let them experience the benefits along with you and strengthen the bond. In our next episode, we will be in conversation with an inspiring parent who has experienced the loss of her partner and know from her how is it to be a parent alone, how to pick yourself up and recover from the loss and how life changes when you face something so unexpected. The topic is Bereaved Parenting, Parenting After Loss. This episode will be released on the 14th of July, so stay tuned. If you like what we do, please give us a 5-star rating on your favorite podcasting app. Your recommendations is the only way we grow. See you soon. Until then, goodbye, stay safe and And happy happy parenting. parenting. The content of this podcast is a copyright of the makers of this podcast, Partners in Upbringing. The information and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice unless stated. Please refer to https colon forward slash forward slash partners in upbringing dot for further details.